0: Hi guys, welcome to Musings recorded. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode and giving your wonderful feedback. Uh, I'm your host Vaidhi and with me is Falak. Falak, say hi. Hi. In today's episode, we will be discussing about democracy. Uh, We all live in a democracy, hopefully. So we are going to discuss what our thoughts are on democracy. So Falak, what do you what do you think about democracy? Are you a fan, or what's your thought?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I feel like I have thought so much about democracy without uh, specifically thinking about it. I don't know in, gen- in general, it's a no from me. <laughs> 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 it's just uh, without like going into, into the uh, Yeah discussion about it um, or rather like it's not it's not so much just a flat out no to the idea of it but more so the way that it has manifested across across the globe it seems um or in or in a lot of places yeah it's not not working out so well right not
0: yeah it's clearly not working out <laughs> it's high time we yeah. realize that this is um, same. I also feel uh, similarly. I'm not. I'm not a fan. It's. I mean, given the other options, democracy is okay. But uh, like, I would choose democracy over dictatorship, definitely. But uh, <laughs> but I don't know if I want to uh, continue with where we are at right now.
1: Yeah, oh, I'm glad you said that. You're against. <laughs> A dictatorship. Yeah. Is important to say, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think the thing that bothers me is the fact that the way that democracy is unfolding now is is not democracy. It feels very much like other kinds of isms that are feigning themselves as democracy, and so yeah, if like if like a democratic. A nation, country, elects, chooses to elect someone who's fascist, then that's not a democratic government, that's a fascist government, right? Like, that's a dictatorship. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, a, that's the, like, biggest sort of friction that I sense, is it's just not what um, it claims to be, right now at least, especially in our country, like the States and so many other places. Yeah, but it is like technically, it's, it is like what the people, what the majority of the people technically want. So it is a democracy, but then it's bringing into power a government that is fascist. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very interesting that you say that, because uh, I was reading uh, a little about it. And I came across this brilliant article by the School of Life, and also they have a lot of videos on YouTube. If you haven't watched, do check it out. It's really brilliant. And uh, they like sort of talk about why you know, Plato and Socrates, the early thinkers of philosophy, uh, why they were against democracy. And they sort of predicted this, like they said that if democracy, uh, so the idea of uh, one vote for all, and that everybody should be allowed to vote, Socrates was against this idea because he thought that if everyone is allowed to vote, they will choose leaders that are popular and not leaders that are competent. And ultimately, uh, democracy will turn into some sort of mob rule. And the result of it will be that we'll have tyrannical leaders. We won't actually have leaders that mean good for us. Uh, it's it's a brilliant article and it's a absolutely brilliant YouTube video.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know about Socrates and, and Plato. Do I really want to be listening to ancient Greek old white men who're dead now? Um, not really. But, uh, it's like it's. It's an interesting thing to bring up, for sure. And I don't know, those conclusions are like based on so many assumptions about how people function and how they make their decisions, right? And that yeah. can also be like complicated. And I think what it's pointing to that might be helpful is the fact that like people need other resources, other kinds of support in order to make a democracy work, right? Like yeah. they need the right kind of education, not just education, but like the right kind, not the kind that's uh, filtered through state propaganda, the way it is here so much so many other times. And other kinds of support as well, like community support, uh, just so much other stuff to also to like bring in folks who are marginalized and to empower them to come and vote and be represented in government and all of that stuff. And I think it's not like such a simple thing of like people will always choose the popular vote over like the "quote unquote" correct one. Also, like who's to say the popular one is not the correct one, even though like that does get murky. So yeah, I think it's like it really for democracy to work. To me, it seems like all these other structures, all these other systems, also have to be in have to be in place um, for empowering people to make choices that are well informed and are actually in their own best interests.
0: Yeah, that's like, I'm just going to bring Socrates again into the picture, because what he was actually trying to say was something similar to that, because he mentioned that, you know, if you let anybody vote, everybody has not given that kind of thought into who their leader should be, nor has they, uh, have they received that kind of education? You know, the education that allows you to be a rational, free-thinking person. Just because everybody does not have access to that, or like at least in the current state, and everybody is not in a, a position to make a rational and a critical choice based on their own thought process, and decide who their leader should be uh, so that is the reason why they can be so easily influenced by propaganda and yeah. hence you have leaders that are you know perhaps a sweet talker and not someone who would give you a hard medicine and still fix the country something yeah like know, that. I,
1: don't, I, I don't know about that i <laughs> Like a free, free thinking, rational, critical person um, does not have to be like educated, quote unquote, in the way that we're talking about it right now. Um, Anyone can be that. Yeah, true, true. Uh, That's not not to discount that education isn't important. But yeah, it's just like making so many assumptions that aren't always. True and seem kind of elitist as well.
0: Yeah. Um, At least in the current state, it does seem like mob rule sometimes. A majority of people dictating how and what things should be.
1: Yeah, I mean if we wanna talk about stuff directly with this with this country and like uh, Hindutva and Sanghis and all of this yeah. stuff, like some of the some of these people come from super educated backgrounds you know (laughs) like it's not they're like so the or even will like feign being liberal or whatever so it's really i don't know the the like education argument is very one-sided if that makes sense like there's i don't know i still i still feel like there's a whole array of things that are needed to empower a citizen and we're at this point right now where we can't even make sure that everyone who is a citizen of this country feels like they're a citizen of this country so all of this like other stuff feels really really far away i mean it's better it's better than a lot of like other shit it's not the it's not the worst i think it's not the worst yeah but it's 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 still pretty bad
0: like how do you think if at all democracy can
1: work. I just I don't know. I just feel like there's no there aren't really like quick solutions. And I feel like that's always what people are generally looking for each election cycle, each each time, and it's just it just doesn't work this way. Ideologies run really, really deep. And if like democracy or the way that it's functioning, at least in our country is going to change like all of that other stuff needs to change over time and as quickly as possible. I was reading this um, article that was, or that's an overstatement. statement. I was reading the headlines of this article um, <laughs> that was uh, sort of talking about, the headline was like something along the lines of uh, Nazism never having really gone away, but Nazis just having learned to say that they're not Nazis. Like that's that's the only thing that's changed about Nazism is that people know not to say that they are. And even that is like not true in some cases. <laughs> so yeah, if you look like at a similar sort of thing that I was saying earlier about fascism as well, uh being like feigned as as democracy. Like it is it is that now. It is it is fascism, but it says it's a democracy, so somehow it's not, but it is.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: What about you? Do you have other thoughts about this stuff?
0: No, I'm pretty into Socrates right now.
1: (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Why do you hate Socrates though? (laughs) I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm just to, to be clear, like I've read and studied Socrates a lot through Okay. okay, and Plato which is part of the reason why I'm like, why can, can we just be done with this? Because it's also so rooted in Western philosophy and is always paraded around as this like global philosophy that's somehow just always true. Um, and it's just not, mm-hmm. it's not. It's, uh, it's maybe it was like the birth of a specific stream of Western philosophy that continues to today and still dominates discourse and ideas But literally, like, these are important things, you know, that, I don't know, that literally shapes so much of how we think, even to this day, about the world around us, in terms of rationality being a prerequisite for being, which is so messed up, if you really, really think about it. Um, But this is literally, these are like the cornerstones of Western philosophy that are now dominant, that are now like thrown onto us and this is how we think about things as well on a really really subconscious level filtered through pedagogy filtered through education filtered through just so much stuff and which is why i'm like we need to stop talking about these people you know because there's other ways to yeah that's that's interesting
0: because if you think of it nobody really is rational
1: rationality as a movement, as yeah. a moment in time, the sort of, quote unquote, the enlightenment period that happened, mm-hmm. where so much was like shifting from a lot of times more like mystical practices, more indigenous practices that had a lot of value to, uh, and were dom- those, those practices were dominated by like rational thinking, scientific thinking, one plus one equals two, da da da, that is a way of thinking, and that is not the only way of thinking but it is presented to us now as it is as if it was if that makes sense
0: yeah okay
1: it was part of the colonial project Mm -hmm. it was one of the tools through which colonialism was enacted is the enlightenment or rational thinking right Uh, this like separation of categories and organizing Mm -hmm. uh, things and knowledge into specific like grids like all of this, that's, that's a way of thinking, right? When you, see, when you see a bunch of stuff and your impulse is to like organize it, you're yeah. thinking about those things in a certain way versus not organizing it or like doing something else with it, uh, whatever that is. And that's a different way of thinking about those things. And so, yeah, it definitely was like one of the major tools of um, carrying out a lot of colonial projects as well.
0: Wow, that's that's very interesting. I actually never thought about it that way. <laughs> that the way I'm thinking is obviously so influenced by so many other factors of how I was taught and etc. Yeah, wow, that's that's actually brilliant. So, like, how like let's talk more about this. How uh, how did they like? How was it used as a tool? For-
1: yeah, so. First of all, what we're talking about now is um, epistemology, right? Which is how we think about, or like how we think about what we think about. Yes. So not just what we think about, but how we think about those things. Uh, This is a little bit meta, but uh, that is what it is. We're talking about Western epistemology, which includes um, rationality, rational thinking, and the Enlightenment period. A lot of times, the way that this manifested was one of the ways that I that I have like researched on was through cartography or map make, map making. Um, so this these like grids that I was talking about earlier uh, just get transferred onto maps, right? Um, okay. So that everything is organizable, everything is breakable, everything is there in front of you, and then this sort of exercise of looking at a map and being able to point at stuff, point yeah. at lands, yeah. and then be able to say what that land was, to name it, to claim it, all of that stuff comes with, a, comes with like power, right? So power is like the main thing too. And like all of these, all of these like epistemological tools were what afforded them that power. Okay, so that's one way, and then also these like other ways of classification basically is what we're talking about at this point of uh, not just like land to be able to claim ownership over, over chunks of them, but also stuff like the natural world, um, like literally just introducing species and starting to like categorize them, starting to put them into these like neat, neatly fixed. Uh, neatly fitting boxes and therefore being able to have more control over nature. And this was at a time when, like, you know, it was still, there was still a battle. Once you're able to, like, name something and then put it in a box, then you're able to point at it and say that this is a frog, for example. And then you can say that frog is mine. Okay. Um, Wow. Yeah. And this also, like, the same logic extends to stuff like gender, um, where... Like, the binary comes in, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And being able to separate, quote-unquote, like, males and females as, yeah. like, a colonial project when a lot of indigenous cultures around the world, not just not just in India, but specifically in India as well with yeah. the Hijra community and other, kind, other, like, trans communities, that was difficult for them because gender didn't operate in the way that they wanted it to. And so people, uh, trans people, started getting, like, outlawed and these like categories come into place in order to like separate and also have control over and disempower whole like communities of people so that's like how so you have this like epistemological tool right and then power comes in and then it gets enacted through that so it's not necessarily the tool itself that is like colonizing but is the medium through which it does yeah this is a lot a lot of this is also like not just to sort of Stuff that I've like thought about. I mean, obviously, I've thought about it, but uh, this is coming from a lot of post-colonial theory and mm-hmm. work by authors like Edward Said. But yeah, Edward Said is a is a big one. Sarah Emma as well. But yeah, there's a lot of like really great literature that breaks down how how colonialism really functioned as a as a project on an epistemological level.
0: That's that's really interesting. I have like never come across this idea of uh, you know organizing things or you know just putting things into boxes so that they are more manageable. Yeah, it does make sense. If you put things into boxes it just becomes more manageable. And when you do to do, do that to humans or actual like people it's easier to Sort of control them or dictate them.
1: Yeah, and to bring it, bring that all back to what we were talking about with democracy. Like a lot of the, a lot of the crises that we are facing now is about this, right? Is about governments like still trying to uh, uh, be able to point at people yeah. and be able to organize them and be able to, like, this is what surveillance is all about. It's literally about into, like, no,
0: like boxes and
1: yeah but also like the whole thing about knowledge is power is like very very real knowledge is power is control sometimes it pays to be illegible sometimes it pays to not be able to be organized
0: at the time that we are and how do you think that they are doing it how our government or in india specifically
1: i mean the the easiest example is the nrc and caa It's it's literally that in, on like an epistemic level at least. But surveillance has been around for a long time. The NRC and CAA and like wanting to like have this registry of every single person while also being like completely Islamophobic.
0: I think today's podcast is just pile of talking and me saying yeah. And wow, <laughs> no. I have such little knowledge. I'm actually googling stuff as, as you're uh, telling ah. me about it.
1: Yeah when i came across it first too i came across it in, in undergrad post colonial theory and i was blown away i was blown away i, I was so... like literally only making work about this for so long cuz i was like it's just so much uh, it's just so much more fundamental than mm-hmm. it's made out to be most times um this like colonial project and all of this stuff it like feels every other time that i've like read about it researched about it whatever it's always been so surface level and then i found this theory and i was like holy shit this is this just it I don't makes know, so much theory. sense
0: like yeah. every time i read about you know in the in the most basic of ter- basic terms like in my history book when i used to read about, read about how they colonized basically they say that you know they came and for trading spices and and then they suddenly become rulers but how does that shift happen from traders to you know rulers and like ruling a country for 200 years (laughs) that's very interesting yeah
1: Yeah, i think the biggest thing is the the like Western civilizations continued inability to let things be or to (laughs) to to be respectful of things that they don't know like it's literally just even with like i know india like before we started the recording of the podcast i was talking to you about um, like rovers and spacecrafts around the universe um and a lot of these are headed by nasa and ESA, right Mm -hmm. um the american and the european space agency and it's literally the way they talk about Mars, for example, it's always like, wait, we are going to like colonize Mars or to colonize this other moon. And it's always this narrative of like seeing something that isn't, hasn't been claimed, quote unquote, at least from their perspective, everything is already there, right? Like it's not like it came into existence the moment they found it. And then this sort of bizarre self-centered uh, drive to, to own it somehow. And uh-huh. that begins with begins with these like epistemological tools of sending those rovers, getting all this information, organizing that information, being like this 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 these are the places where we can like start to call it you know, it just yeah, it's just a, a small wall. But yeah, just see why can't why can't people fucking like see Mars and be like, Oh, cool, okay. <laughs> That's it. Like just Yeah,
0: it just exists. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Move on with your lines. (laughs) Do something else. (laughs) I get it. It has to be like, I want that. That is mine. That piece of like This is
1: always presented as like human nature, right? Like if I speak to my parents and all, they're like, oh yeah, that's just what people do. People just, people just explore and then go there and then call. I'm like, no. That's what, that's what those people do. Like that's, it's literally so ingrained in their... Psyche and that's like coming from again to go back to Socrates and Plato like that's coming from those Lines of thinking right and it's it's deep-rooted. It's not like people are Consciously and intentionally every single day waking up and being like, let's be let's be terrible and exploit everything around us It's just that like this is the Ideology that has propelled them and brought them Yeah if anyone is uh, Or if you are more, if you are interested in like reading up on this stuff, I would say you can just Google something like post-colonial reading list, syllabus or something. I'm sure you'll find a lot because this, all of like post-colonial literature is dedicated to figuring this out, right? And it's like quote-unquote post-colonial. Yeah, if you, if you Google that, I'm sure you'll find like a bunch of authors and um, some really good reading that impacts a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about, just in a much better way.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Do you have like any concluding note? I don't have any concluding note.
1: Colonialism bad, democracy complicated, fascism bad.
0: Wow. That, that's perfect. Thank you. On that note, on that very simplistic note, just remember those three points. <laughs> we end today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you so much, Farak, for opening up this knowledge box and enlightening us. <laughs> I was This episode, I was absolutely in awe. And uh, yeah, just thank you for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you.